Larson in left side to the middle. What a move oh. by Philip Forsberg. Oh. One of the best from Scoresburg. It's the podcast that loves the hockey team you love. Sorrow stops him with the blocker. This is the Predators official podcast with Kara Hammer and Max Herz. For the empty net and hits it on a bounce. On 102.5 and 106.3 The Game and NashvillePredators.com. Welcome in to the Predators official podcast. I'm Kara Hammer alongside Max Herz. We're coming off opening night A big two points for the Predators, a big-time shutout for UC Soros. It's a new era, and Max, things are rolling. What a fun week. One and one, two very exciting games, a close loss to the Lightning on the road, a shutout win with no goals for UC Soros on home ice Thursday night in the opener. We will never stop. If you have not yet seen the commercial... We are going to play it later in the show, but UC Soros, no goals. I think this will be a theme all season. I think maybe for the rest of the time. Well, last year, last year, the catchphrase that I kind of dropped in a little bit on the radio was talk to me juice, (laughs) which was on the giveaway shirts on top gun night. And I still can't figure out who in the Preds marketing department came up with it. So if you're listening and you came up with talk to me juice, please Use hashtag Preds Podcast and let us know who it was. But that was a great one. It was very topical. I don't know. Top Gun might be a little bit old news now. It's a little Barbie, Oppenheimer, Taylor Swift. We thought those were popular things until the UC Soros, Ryan O'Reilly, Mass Mutual commercial happened, and it changed the world forever. It, it changed the world right here in Nashville. But, Max, I have to go last night to the first star interview with UC Soros because his first answer was that that was the best game he has seen in front of him since his time being a predator it's crazy to think about first of all he only had to make 23 saves which is like maybe his lowest save total of the season potentially win or loss no matter how many goals against but I there weren't any high danger chances the predators did not give up any high danger chances and the closest the Kraken got was at the end after they'd already given up their empty netter That's because guys were out there sacrificing their bodies in game two. Ryan McDonough's three block shots on that penalty kill. I mean, he's he's a veteran in the league. He's giving it up. It just shows the determination of what these guys want to accomplish here. Yeah, and what a kill that was for the Predators in the third period there, protecting the 2-0 lead. Ryan O'Reilly, Cole Smith, Ryan McDonough, and Alex Carrier were out there for the full kill. It was a very impressive kill. The penalty kill was good all night. So second intermission, obviously Colton Sissons with the shorthanded goal. That shifted the entire momentum of the game. And it was one of many examples in the game of the Preds getting behind the crack in defense. And that was shorthanded. It was a really nice area pass by Cole Smith to not just clear the puck. I think this is something that the Preds PK did really well second half of last year. They were doing everything well second half of last year, the PK was. But they weren't just looking to ice the thing the moment they got it. They were looking to make plays and keep the play alive. And even if they dumped it in once they got to the offensive blue line, they were able to chew more time up, get a full line change, and not just have a simple old clear. And Cole Smith only got one touch on the puck on this clear. It was a backhanded clear from inside the Preds defensive blue line on the penalty kill. And he had the vision and the ability to drop it in there in a place where Colton Sissons could get it. 
Did you notice who he beat to that loose puck, Carehammer? I did not. Number 20 for the Seattle Kraken, Mr. Ellie Tolvanen, who dove face first for it and face hit the ice. Stick did not hit the puck. Colton Sissons with a beautiful breakaway backhander because Tolvanen gave himself up. He had a lot of time to get to the backhand. And that game felt like it was going to be scoreless for a while. And the shorty breaks the ice. I think when you look at game one against Tampa Bay, Coach Brunette said they were not pleased with the first period. Nobody wants to talk about that first period of hockey. He said he felt the guys were playing on their heels. They weren't on the attack. He said coming into the Seattle game, he knew it was going to be fast-paced. The guys needed to get out there, be quick. When I talked with Roman during the first period, he was winded when he came off the bench. (laughs) That just shows the speed of the game. But I felt like the guys kept up. They held their own. They pushed back. They stayed on the attack. And uh, it was a successful night all around. What a great home opener. Yeah, the Predators controlled the game in every way. They had a decisive face-off advantage that was over 60% through two periods, ended up at 56%. But the Kraken's best players were not big factors. So much so that on that power play where they were in the zone for two minutes and Ryan McDonough was blocking everything, the Kraken went with their second unit. Jared McCann, Matty Beneers, and friends did not play on that entire power play. Friends had made them look bad all night. Matty Beneers did not have a shot on goal in the game. And Ryan O'Reilly uh, schooled the 20-year-old a little bit, both in the face-off circle and in the Preds D zone. I think one of my favorite highlights from the game would have to be Gus Nyquist's goal in the third period. I mean, Max, he might be one of the nicest players. We've had a stream of nisos that have come through the Preds locker room, and right now he's currently sitting at the very top of my list. I'm so glad he got a goal because I, I don't think he impacted the game on Tuesday in the opener the way he knows he can. And again, watching that game, we were not there for the road game care. We were both watching from home and I was watching here at the radio station hosting. It didn't seem like Nyquist had much impact on that first game, but last night he was awesome. He was bringing the puck through the neutral zone. He was getting controlled entries. He was great in the D zone. He and Cody Glass worked together really well. And then on that delayed penalty, which felt like the arm was up for a minute and a half there, the Preds just refused to give the thing up, and everybody was standing still, which was kind of weird, six on five, but they just ended up throwing it around, and after Nyquist drew the penalty by angering Vince Dunn, he ends up banking the puck off of Vince Dunn in front as Philip Forsberg boxed him out with his back to the goal for his first goal in gold for Gus. That was definitely a team goal. But I think last yes. night, it was, a, it was a team effort. Absolutely. You saw it. Yeah. Nobody had multiple points in the game. You saw Parsonen had the empty netter. He also had the best outfit at the Gold Walk. You saw Parsonen did. I don't know if you have a, a different opinion here, but you saw went with the light blue peaky blinders, three-piece suit, and the white chapeau. I think he told Lindsay he just wanted to wear the peaky blinders hat. I'll let you guys in on a little secret. I demanded that Lindsay Rowley ask you so about the outfit because that's how journalism works. I wonder where you get a hat like that. Yeah, I got to figure out who is uh, Clotier is. How do you say that word? Clothier? Clotier? I don't know. I'm not wealthy enough to know how to say that word, but (laughs) I'll talk to you. So he's still making league minimum. So probably (laughs) somewhere nice. I don't know. You're asking, but you have the MH on your shirt right now. That's true. Shout out to our man Gil at Dillard's in Green Hills, the official outfitter of Hal Gil. And the official outfitter of Lindsey Raleigh and myself, shout out Dillard's at Green Hills. Shout out to Dillard's at Green Hills. But 
Yeah, so Yuso had the best outfit. He had the empty netter. I thought he had another great game. We're going to say it every week. Uh, Yuso Parsonen is really good. Uh, I would say tell your friends, but I actually don't want word to get out. But you can tell your friends who they're Preds fans. Tell your Preds fan friends, but don't tell your fan your friends who are fans of other teams that Yuso Parsonen is good. Yeah, like he needs to stay on your fantasy. Yeah. We're, um, not, we're not letting anybody else know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also, uh, maybe we could just start doing a Yuso Parsonen fun fact of the week because I might just have one every week, whether you want one or not. The Kraken were the only Western Conference team that he did not play against last year. Oh, interesting. And the only team he has not played against is the Penguins now. Okay. So he's making his way around the league. 46 NHL games. He's already seen 30 teams. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think two really good games for that first line. Ryan O'Reilly in the middle. Philip Forsberg on the left wing. Yuso Parson on the right wing. O'Reilly had a goal and an assist in his Preds debut Tuesday against the Lightning. Philip Forsberg, two assists, both primary assists. And then Parson in that beautiful goal on the first shift of the third period in Tampa. I loved all of it. Let's go to the post game when they give out the accolades. Obviously, the puck going to head coach Andrew Brunette. You have to love that. That's amazing. Did you get to witness the moment down there? I, I did not. I saw it on Twitter. So you need to go onto the Preds Twitter and you can uh, you can see the official video. But uh, Bruno with the puck, they handed one to Barry Trotz. His first one is a GM. He joked that he was going to have to work until he was 95 to ever catch David Coyle. <laughs> Hey, well, he might do it. Trotzy will be our guest, by the way. New Preds GM Barry Trotz will join us here in a few minutes. And those of you who have heard Barry interviewed before know that every interview he gives is great. He will talk about any and everything, talk about hockey for a long, long time. And he even will end up uh, harmonizing over Colin Baton Rouge in the interview as it played over the arena loudspeaker before the game on Thursday. He did throw in a subtle, he's friends with Garth Brooks. Yeah. Trotzy's friends with everybody. He is. Well, we've got a we got a name drop of Garth Brooks from Barry this week that you'll hear shortly. Last week, Ryan O'Reilly said that he got Dirk Bentley's number. Ooh. So, so yeah, the Preds and the Country Stars are hanging out as they should be. As they should. The two biggest faces in Smashville. So, two games in, Predators are one one and zero with a decisive three nothing shutout win over Seattle on Thursday night at Bridgestone Arena. Shout out to everyone who came to that game. The crowd was awesome. We hope to see you back on Tuesday with the Edmonton Oilers in town for their only visit of the season, unfortunately. And we hope Matthias Ekholm will be able to play in that game. He's been dealing with an injury. So, unfortunately, it's just sad to say if Ekholm doesn't play in that game, we don't get to see him return to Smashville until next season. That's crazy. Yeah, it's sad to think about. It is sad to think about. And I have to admit that last night on the ice when I saw number 14, it was hard to remember <laughs> that that was not Matias Ekholm. And I know that I'm not the only person that thought yeah. that. Well, I, I did have some moments in preseason where Ryan O'Reilly was screening the goalie. And I'm like, what is Boro doing? <laughs> number 90. These these numbers, they keep coming back up. And you have to remember, guys have moved on. We have a lot of new faces. We're in our new era. There is one number that is that is retired, and it's 35. As it should be. Other than that, they're all up for grabs right now. Hal Gill's 75, maybe soon, going up to the rafters. I'm leading the campaign. For Yuso Parsonen, to put it there. Not Skillsy. Shared, yes. <laughs> Shared by Yuso and Skillsy. Rocking number 75. Barry Trotz coming up next. Whole lot more fun to come on the POP. Preds get their first win. No goals against for UC Saros. We will talk about no goals and more coming up later in the show. I also had an opportunity to sit in the Predators video room, which was redone this offseason. 
with video coaches Andrew Malosh and Lawrence Filoni for a period of a preseason game. We'll talk about what that experience was like. Coming up after our interview with Barry Trotz, new Preds GM, coming up next. She's Kara Hammer. I'm Max Hers. This is the Predators official podcast. The POP is on 102.5 and 106.3 The Game and NashvillePredators.com. Welcome back to the Predators official podcast. The POP is on 102.5 and 106.3 The Game and on your favorite podcast platform and also NashvillePredators.com. Third episode of the season. My name's Max Herz from Preds Radio, along with Kara Hammer from Predators TV. Our interview this week, the big man, the man in charge, Barry Trotz, second ever GM in Predators history. We talked to him about a wide variety of hockey and non-hockey topics. And here is our interview with Barry Trotz. Barry, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, thanks. Thanks for having me. We'll make this uh, a regular event. We are finally back into season mode, but I wanted to ask you an off-ice question first. As you come back permanently to Nashville, you've spent your off-seasons here, continue to come back here a ton. What does it mean to you to see so many of the things you started, whether it's best buddies or so many of the hockey-related traditions, still going even though you've been gone for 10 years as you come back? Uh, it is, it is uh, it's heartwarming uh, uh, to, to be back and see some of the traditions that we started back in 90. 97 even before the team uh actually got on the ice uh so many people that have been a part of the preds over the the 25 years i think that's the great thing about the the preds is that there is tradition uh there is loyalty in terms of uh people that work in the building everybody from uh people that are in security to people that are uh in the hockey staff and the training staff to people uh, in the, in ticket sales and, and in the, uh, in the, in the events part, uh, it is, uh, nice to, nice to come home. It, it really is. And, uh, just like the city has grown, the, the Preds have grown and gotten better and better. So, um, I, I really, uh, I, I think we do the best, uh, in the league in terms of entertainment for our fans, uh, in a game presentation by, by a long shot. You've built this team first in collaboration with David Poyle starting in February and then on your own here with the help of your team since July. How do the opening week Preds line up with your vision for it? Well, it's going to be a process. I've, I've told everybody, you know, we're trying to um, change the way we play. That's why we made the changes at the coaching position. Uh, we made a lot of uh, changes at the deadline uh, because I think the vision was that we, we have to sort of get into a rebuild, reset. I don't even know how, if I have the quite the right word. And we are transitioning in how we're playing. Um, uh, I would say the analogy that I've used uh, with a couple people, we, uh, we were built to be a running team and now we're trying to pass. We're trying to, trying to build our team to be more of a passing uh, team, which will take some time. There's more risk in it. Uh, as I said, I want, I want to be, a, uh, I want to get faster as a, as a team, that's we're going to have to draft that way. We're going to have to uh, try to acquire uh, some players like that. My, um, you know, so that that vision is going to be, you know, ongoing and and in a building process. It's no different than if you're downstairs at Bridgestone. There's a lot of things that are happening and look different, and they're going to be changing daily and getting better daily. And I hope that's the same with the the hockey team. So. 
Um, my first order of business uh, when I came here, obviously, uh, in the direction that they were going, uh, that was really set at the trade deadline. And then uh, at the draft, trying to put a little bit more emphasis on the on the skating part of our, our game. And uh, Tanner Molendyke was a, uh, a, a player of that sort, and, and Wood was more of that more offensive scoring. And uh, so we, we went down that route uh, uh, at the draft. Uh, and then at free agency, what I wanted to do was create a, a, a change a little bit of the culture, if you will. Uh, I got some, so I'll say, old school guys like Ryan O'Reilly and and Luke Shen and, and uh, uh, Gus Nyquist. They they are uh, considered really good professional guys. I mean, I look at Ryan O'Reilly. He reminds me of Joe Pawalski. They work at their craft daily and endlessly. And uh, that's the that's the sort of people that I, I wanted to bring in with young guys that I know that we're bringing in in the next couple of years. You said the word change. We know this is new era Predators. What's your expectation for the team this season? Uh, really to, to be competitive and, and uh, number one, um, be, get better every, every day. Just uh, what you see day one here is I don't want to see the same thing at game 82. I want to make sure that uh, uh, you're going to see a lot of new faces and young faces. I want us to continue to try to push the play um, you, we're, we're in a little bit of a transition. We're pushing the play, but we're not always managing the puck. Uh, to me, that's the, the balance that you got to get into. You know, we want to play a little more puck possession, but at the same time, uh, you have to execute. And there's times where you, you have to, I'll say, uh, you know, make a decision and live to fight another day. Uh, and we haven't quite got that. That's sometimes, uh, uh, usually a thing that happens with young players, but, uh, in game one, I would probably say it's it was more from the uh, from the older players. So, uh, but they they'll they'll adjust, and there there's going to be an adjustment period. Uh, I think this year will be um, we're going to be a higher event team uh, on both sides of the puck. We're going to make more mistakes because we're younger and we're playing a different different style, and we're probably a team in transition. At the same time, we're going to make more plays. We're going to be more creative, uh, and we're going to push the play. And and for every good thing we do we'll probably do a bad thing so uh uh i'm i'm i've got to um hold my emotions in uh a little bit and i have to be patient because as a coach you're not as probably as as patient i've i've had uh especially in the you know i would say in the last nine years of you know you know we've won a president's trophies i've won a, a stanley cup as a coach uh um we went to the conference finals a couple times and we've I'm in that mode of very, very competitive, trying to win the cup. And it's not, I want to, I want to have that same mentality, but I also have to have the patience with the young guys who I think I said, you know, you see it last year where they, they sort of develop on the fly a little bit. Uh, I believe that you, you should marinate in the, uh, in the American hockey league, uh, and develop there your, your foundational game. Um, and then you sort of finish your development in the NHL. What I've said to all our young players is they are going to be the core. They're, we're going to win. We're going to win a championship together, hopefully in the future. Um, and they're going to have some guys are going to have a great training camp and uh, come out of the training camp and then 
as the league sort of takes them over, um, then they'll probably get sent down, and then they've got to go make Milwaukee, not expect to play in Milwaukee and get ice time because uh, what's always happened, those guys that have the great starts, they get sent down to Milwaukee. They think that everything's going to be great, and then I phone the coach uh, down there, how's, that, how's he doing? And they go, well, he's a healthy scratch tonight because he's – he thinks he's you know he's lost his his uh, know, his focus or whatever you want. He thinks he's he, so. I've told the players that that's going to happen. That's natural. So don't. Uh, and um, I've also told them that the uh, the key is be where your feet are. If your feet are in Milwaukee, then you have to have a focus in Milwaukee. Not think that you're going to you know just wait for your call up. I mean, you just got to work at your craft and and, and continue to play. So. Um, you know the the NHL has a uh, it is uh, it has a way of taking away your confidence of a young player if you don't have all, all your tools in your toolbox. You know you've got to have a lot of them. If you don't, this league is relentless and ruthless on taking a young player's confidence away if they don't have enough in the toolbox. Talking to Barry Trotz and two of those young players. On the forward side are Phil Tomasino and Luke Evangelista. What was the process throughout the summer and throughout camp that led to them both starting in the NHL this year? Well, I think, you know, the process was, uh, for me, uh, I knew that we were going into this change, a little bit of a retool, rebuild. I, I got to come up with a word for you guys. <laughs> um, but I wanted to leave a path for them to, to make the team. I, I could have got some uh, PTOs, professional tryouts this year, that there's a lot of them who were pretty good players that still can play in the league. I could have filled our team and we could be, you know, competitive, really competitive and, and maybe even better than we are. But it would, have, it would have blocked the path of the young guys. And I didn't want to do that. So uh, in the summer, after we talked to the young guys about, okay, we're not going to block your path, but you're not necessarily going to be on the team. Uh, so you got to put in the time and the work and then you got to earn your spot on the team. Uh, for Luke, he came up last year and had a really good stretch. He's very, very intelligent, but the, if you look at him, the skating is not quite at the, I would say, at the NHL level uh, in terms of speed. The other stuff in zone and his his ability to get away from people and, and roll off people is is, is very, very good. Um, but those really, really smart players, when they find out that certain parts of their game uh, maybe they can't get away with, you know, can't get separation because they maybe not quick enough, can't do this. The real smart ones adjust their game to use whatever assets getting taken away. They they look at another way of using it. And then Luke's one of those guys. With with uh, Tomer, Tomer's game, uh, one of the things I think the biggest thing for him is he came up and basically right out of junior and they, they put him on the team early and then like second year thought he was going to, it was all going to be easy. All of a sudden he's in Milwaukee. And I think he had a hard time, uh, exactly what I said, uh, knowing that is, you know, keeping his mind and focus in Milwaukee where his feet were. I think a lot of his focus, uh, was in, in Nashville because he had played too early. Once you start at the top, there's nowhere to go, but down. So I'd rather you start a little bit lower and climb the ladder and then you know, you, you, you go through that process. So, uh, I think he's, we, uh, it, it might've uh, did him a disservice. He might not have been mentally ready for it. Uh, and now he's, uh, now he's getting the opportunity to do it, uh, in the national hockey league. And, 
Uh, we'll need him to score this year. We'll need him to produce. So it's his time. Coach, I want to go back to something that you had talked about, about being a coach and being competitive. Yesterday in our team meeting, Chris Mason told a story about 20 years ago. He can still remember a pregame video that you played the guys before taking on Detroit. Can you give us some backstory into what goes into these hype videos? Are you still the the guy now that you're at the GM? Are you still putting these together to get the guys inspired? Um, I'm not. Um, <laughs> I do have some ideas. I mean, I... I had an idea for, uh, you know, a little bit of development camp and that with, with uh, Andrew coming in. Um, you know, I think he uh, had so much on his plate that I I wanted to connect with him uh, on what would be our our mantra, you know. And I have some things that I I, I believe in and, uh, and some sayings and what have you. And uh, I, I don't mind getting creative. When I when I get attached to something, I can, I think I have a good feel of how to inspire. Uh, you know, uh, it, it's done it. So I've got a little bit of a creative mind that way. That's probably watching videos like Garth playing in the background here. Um, but I, I think you know one of the things for me, uh, I really believe in is I want uh, you know th- th- this place has been built on backbone. We started as a, a true expansion team. We we didn't get the high end players, so we had to we had to win on our on our backbone and our and our being together, being connected. So those are some things we came back to as a, a mantra for our, our team. We got to reconnect, you know. We got to be connected on the on and off the ice, which we do. And I've said the Nashville's been built on backbone and smiles because I think our backbone, our work ethic uh, in the early 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 days created a hardworking, competitive team that, that still has that culture. Um, and then the smiles part is I think we do everything with a smile on our face, uh, on and off the ice. We love to have uh, fun with our fans. We love to have fun in the community. Um, and so I, I said it's backbone and smiles. And uh, I, I'm a big believer. Uh, I, want, I, want, uh, I want hard men. Hard men create e- uh, easy times, you know. Easy times create soft men, and I'd rather have the hard men uh, to create the the easier times. So I have a, a little saying that the the the, the, uh, the hard way is the easy way. If you do it hard, night in and night out, it becomes easy, and uh, I, I live by that. So backbone and smiles, a good place to end it. Thanks for doing this, Barry. Anytime. That's Barry Trotz, new Predators GM, former Predators head coach. And he got his first win as an NHL GM last night, right after we recorded that interview, Kara. I felt so happy for him. I know he came in in, you know, there was a lot on his shoulders to try to turn things around. Well, Max, I think when you look back at that interview and I asked Barry Trotz, what was the expectation for this season? And he said, we want to see change. We want to be a different team than we are in game one than we are in game 82. And I think we already saw the change from game one to game two. So obviously stuff he did in the off season, we're only two games in, but it's starting to show. Yeah. And we have a million more questions we could ask Trotsy. I think as you heard there, based on the lengthy length of Barry's answers, we could probably do an entire season of podcasts with just him. Cause I have, I have so much I want to ask him, but we, we got to take up uh, our guests on the fact when they say, when we say, thanks for joining us, they say, anytime. We'll take them that back. That means we're taking them all back.
I really want to know what his video hype hype video was. That it was so prominent that Chris Mason can remember it 20 years later. Yeah, Joe, uh, Mace has a lot in that Joe Squarehead of his. So all of Canadian history and just a lot <laughs> bouncing around in there. So yeah, it, it must have made an indelible impression. I'm going to have to ask, ask uh, like Dan Kesmer or, you know, Jay Moore, one of the guys also on the team at that time. Do you remember these hype videos? What was happening? What was Barry bringing to the table? Definitely some good stuff. And those of you who were at the game on Thursday, he voiced the pregame fan hype video as well. And as we were sitting there with him, they were testing the video on the scoreboard, and he said, oh, they told me they were only going to use my voice in this. I didn't shave well enough that day. <laughs> Speaking of hype videos, I have to give a shout-out to the one that we played on Bally Sports with Vince Gill narrating. I mean, I thought that was one of the best videos we put out. It got me hyped. That's awesome. Vince is the best. Was Vince in the building last night? Did you see him? I did not see him. I'm sure he was there. Sure he was there. Seamus was there for our WWE fans out there, of which I am not one, but he's my favorite. So shout out to our own. Update, I don't see a lot that happens inside the rink. We have a new era, a few new changes. I am now placed in a studio where we've dubbed it Studio H. So if you hear that on the broadcast. H for Hammer. Studio H for Hammer, which next door there actually is a room called Room H. <laughs> but now I'm in Studio H. So uh, this is where I sit. But a lot of exciting things coming up. We're going to do a behind-the-scenes look at kind of how the changes are, where we're all at. And we might put a tracker on because there's a lot of steps happening. Yes. Well, you see me. You didn't get to see me there on Thursday because I was filling in for Pete Weber on play-by-play because Pete is sick. He'll be back next week. Shout-out to Petey if he's listening to the pod today. But I will be in that room for our radio interviews at the first intermission as well. It's a nice little spot down there. It is. It's very nice. It's a large dressing room. Yeah. Yeah. It's a place where a lot of people have changed clothes. And now it's Studio H. A lot of famous people have changed clothes. Ooh, I'm going to think about that when yeah. I'm in there. Between concerts and sports. Yeah. So it's a lot of prestigious stuff going on down in your studio, Kara. We'll take a break. Come back. Talk about another new era. Area of the new Preds era. It is literally the room next door to Studio H. It's where the Preds new video room is. And I got to watch a period of a preseason game there to see a little behind the scenes of how the Preds get some of their in-game video and challenges looked at and communication with the coaches on the bench. So that was cool. And, of course, our breakdown of UC Saros' soon-to-be Oscar-winning performance in the Mass Mutual commercial. This is the Preds official podcast on 102.5 and 106.3 The Game. Welcome back to the Predators official podcast here on 102.5 and 106.3 The Game. My name is Max Herz from Preds Radio. She is Kara Hammer from Predators TV. First episode of the regular season. And the Preds are 1-1 one one at the time of recording here on Friday, October 13th. Getting ready to head up to Boston. My Boston accent is better than that, I promise. But we'll be up with Skillsy going to Gazba and Lemonsta. There it is. That's a little better. Going to get your Dunkin'. My Dunks. I don't really, I don't know. I don't drink coffee. I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, occasionally I will, but I get uh, I get too too wired when I have coffee. <laughs> Is that so bad? As a 29-year-old man who can't handle caffeination. 
I don't know. I feel like the the broadcast team we we live on coffee. Yeah, that's like the biggest area of differentiation between Willie Donick and I. Willie and I, I found last year, basically have the same brain in a lot of ways, like down to a scary level where we'll say the same thing at the same time, which has happened multiple times. It's play-by-play Vandy guy brain, I guess. But yeah, he pounds the coffee. Mm-hmm. I do not. But I mean, you know the former players are all going to pound it. Hal, Hal and Mace do, and Lindsay's right there with them. Yeah, I'm a big love coffee. Yeah, I can't handle it, but. Looking forward to going to Boston. It'll be my first time calling a game there, filling in for Pete, who, as we said earlier, Pete Weber is sick, got sick on Wednesday. He will be back with us next Friday, so you know how many days that is, but we're thinking of Petey. He's doing well, and we miss him. We're sad he had to miss the home opener last night. But let's go back to preseason now because I got a special opportunity to sit in the Predators video room with video coaches Lawrence Filoni and Andrew Malosh, whose names you hear on TV every time the Preds make a challenge. And I got to see that from the other side, which was really, really cool. And the Predators just redid their video room with guidance from those guys and what they want it to look like. And it's a really, really cool operation down there. I should have counted the number of TVs in the room and monitors. I, I think it's definitely double digits, but it was really cool to be in there with them for a period. So, so tell me how this works guesstimate how many TVs were in there. And then who is doing what job? I mean, do Law and Andrew, did they break it up? I think it was between 10 and 15 TVs. And it was really cool to see what they're doing. So they use a replay system called Catapult, which if anyone out there works in video production, may have used Catapult. It's similar to what on the broadcast is used to create replays. So those of you... Those who work in the TV truck with you guys, Kara, are often using a similar system. But it was really interesting to see because I, my big takeaway was the question you just asked, who is looking at what as the game goes on? So they seem to be looking at different things at different times. Basically, every play of the game, they are able to slow down and look at. The big priority is things that could be challenged, which at this point, for what they can see, is offsides. And we've broken it down as the offsides challenge has come into the NHL over the last few years, what they're looking for, where the cameras are, every single zone entry for both teams they are looking to see. And the majority of them are clean. But that's one big thing they're looking at. But they're also looking at chances and every single aspect of chances. Every time there's a shot, they're going back and looking. And this was mostly Andrew Malash who was doing this in the game I was down there. Did the shot hit the goalie? Was the shot tipped in front? Was it wide right? Was it high? Did they try to go high glove? Did they try to go low glove? And at one point, Lawrence reminded assistant coach Derek McKenzie, who they have vocal communication to on the bench, where on that specific goalie they were wanting players to shoot because they were not consistently shooting in the scouted area where they wanted them to shoot. So Drew Malosh was mostly looking at shots and things like that, different tips to see when pucks hit people and how close misses were, things like that, and things that you can only see when you slow the game down to a crawl and you can't see with the naked eye at the NHL level. And it's the type of thing, too, that players are curious about at the intermission. They want to know, hey, how close was I? Hey, did that get tipped on the way in? Hey, did that hit a defenseman? Or did that hit me on a shot on our own goal? I'm fascinated by this, but I have to go back. So who... 
are they communicating with? Is Coach McKenzie the only coach that yes. they communicate with on the bench? Yes. And I we, we will talk with Derek McKenzie in the next few weeks. He's a new Preds assistant coach this year, part of the Sudbury Mafia, which Andrew Renette is a part of. So we'll talk to Derek McKenzie in an upcoming episode. I'm really looking forward to it. Longtime NHLer, former captain of the Florida Panthers, head coach of the Sudbury Wolves in Ontario Hockey League juniors last year. So he is the one who they talk to. I We will confirm this with him, but I imagine that's because he's the only guy who's not calling out line changes because Dan Hynote calls the forwards, Todd Richards calls the defense, as they did under John Hines. Both those assistant coaches are back. Previously, it was Dan Lambert who was the quote-unquote extra coach who wore the earpiece. Now it's Derek McKenzie. So they were looking at a lot of shots, things like that, while on the other side, Lawrence Filoni is looking at giveaways, changes of possession. What happened on that play? Things that they could be showing on film to the coaches at the beginning of the intermission for them to go back in and talk to players about. What is the stress level in this room? Uh, it is controlled. It is definitely controlled. It is two guys who kind of hear each other's thoughts in Lawrence and Drew, and they work really, really well together, and they have to because of what they do, and it's a great thing that they do work so well together, and it's good for the Preds, but... It's a lot of talk between the two of them about, hey, this is what's happening in the game. This is what's happening consistently. This is what we need to bring up to the coaches either during a TV timeout via the earpiece communications or when the coaches get back in and collaborate with them in intermission. The game moves so fast. Is coffee yeah. flowing in the video room? Yes. I don't think those guys have ever slept. Um, there was a discussion between Lawrence and our communications guys, Kevin Wilson and Nick Barnowski, who was in there about strategies for coffee consumption <laughs> while I was down there. I will not share their secrets, but <laughs> it's, uh, yes, there there is a lot of coffee between some sleepless individuals. That's crazy. I mean, you think about how much goes into the game. Obviously, when you come as a fan, you're only watching what's happening on the ice, but there is so much behind-the-scenes work that's taking place. And there's just so much stuff that the people on the bench can't see. Like, we had... The communication goes both ways between Lawrence Filoni and Derek McKenzie on the bench, and there's also communication with some of the up-top coaches as well, including Ben Vanderklok, the goalie coach, and there's there's guys from the different spots in the arena who can actually see the game asking, hey, did that hit the post or did that hit the goalie? And the video guys are the only ones who can know because they can slow it down to a crawl with all the different camera angles. It's wild of how much the game looks differently, too, when you watch it on a TV. We've learned this throughout the COVID season when we were broadcasting the game solely off of a video monitor. And it really gives a lot of credit to the capability of the people doing these roles. You know, yeah. Andrew Maloche, La Filoni. Then you even look at Willie Donick and his ability to broadcast the game solely by watching it on a TV monitor when you're in the arena and you can see absolutely everything yeah. that's happening. It's got to be hard for hockey. I've done it for other sports play-by-play. It can be a challenge. Speaking of different point of views, a fan tweeted a photo of former general manager David Poyle sitting in the stands of Bridgestone Arena. Now, Max, how many times do you think David Poyle has watched a game from the stands? <laughs> Shout out to Twitter user Barry V, who tweeted this during the game on Thursday night. And David is still in his suit. I mean, he's dressed to manage and in the crowd as a fan. And it's so funny because. The Predators for years have had members of the ownership group just sitting in the crowd as season ticket holders, and now we've got the all-time winningest GM in NHL history doing it. You love it. You love to see it.
And it was also announced last week the Predators will formally honor David Poyle in an on-ice ceremony before the game on Wednesday, November 22nd, Thanksgiving Eve against the Calgary Flames. That will be a very, very special night. And Sean Henry quoted as saying in the announcement, no one has done more for hockey in our city and helped turn Smashville into what it is than David Poyle. And we can't wait to appropriately thank, recognize, and celebrate him for all he's done in the past 25 plus years in November. So that will be Wednesday, November 22nd. Get your tickets in advance for that game if you don't have them already or don't have season tickets or a package that includes that game. And it's, I mean, you can't retire a GM's number, but that's what we're doing. Yeah, he deserves it. Up there with Pekka, put him in the rafters. We also had a fun little eSports video game battle between Philip Forsberg and Eunice Musa of the U.S. men's national soccer team who practiced here all week before playing a couple of friendlies coming up. One is in another city coming up this weekend, and then in Nashville on Tuesday, unfortunately, during the Preds game. Come on, people. U.S. soccer, check the calendar because we want to go to this game. It's at the Nashville SC Stadium next Tuesday, I believe, against Ghana here. But Phil won the FIFA battle. Ooh. Phil is a gamer. Yeah. Literally and figuratively. Yes. But that was down on the new big screen and another new room at Bridgestone Arena, part of the downstairs renovations, the new press conference room. They were able to plug in. I don't know what system it was. I don't know if it was an Xbox or a PlayStation 5 or whatever it was. I'm sure it was the best. I don't know, but I've heard rumblings that it was a big hit. Yeah. And that reminds me, speaking of video games, happy wedding day to Zach McCann, son of PA announcer Paul McCann and a member of our Preds crew. He continues to duck me in my challenge to play. NHL hits 2003 against him on GameCube. But he's getting married today, so he has an excuse. But I got to see both of his parents last night, two of his uncles as well. The McCanns were taken over Thursday night for the home opener at Bridgestone Arena. So shout out to Paul McCann and Zach. Congratulations. But Paul, I mean, rehearsal dinner, calling a game, all on the same day. I mean, he does it all. Yeah, and I mean, you know Zach's going to schedule his wedding around Preds hockey. That's a given. We'll take a break, come back with your trivia questions. UC Saros' great commercial, and also a How Gale interview that you do not want to miss. This is the Predators official podcast here on 102.5 and 106.3 The Game. Welcome back to the Predators official podcast. Kara Hammer with Max Furs and... Max, you think about iconic commercials, those Super Bowl commercials that you never forget. I mean, the Bud Light Frogs, State Farm. Dilly dilly. UC Soros is now in that realm. He has made it. UC and Ryan O'Reilly are the NHL stars of the Mass Mutual commercial this year, which last year was a funny one with Steven Stamkos and Victor Hedman talking about how if the kid's not skating at age one, He's not going to be in the NHL. And now Ryan O'Reilly gets roped on in, and he brings Predators star goalie UC Saros with him. And I think it's about time that the learn world learned how funny UC Saros really is. Hey, Juice, what are your financial goals? No goals. Like, no goals for retirement? No goals. So no goals for your investment portfolio? No goals. What about a new home? No goals. Good talk. See you on the ice. 
Talk to a financial professional today. God, he nailed it. Tomorrow. I mean, is Yuzi Saros getting an EGOT for this or what? He was so good. But uh, you think about the acting. He did mention in the locker room and to you and to some other people that thankfully he didn't have a, a lot of words to learn. <laughs> you know, there wasn't a long script for him. But I did feel like Ryan did a little bit of acting. Oh, yeah. It was phenomenal. They both nailed it. There was a lot of acting going on. There absolutely was. Yeah. I don't care if he only had one line. He had it six different times, six different ways. Then at the end, when he's sitting there by himself, locked in, the really intense. No goals. Shout out to UC Soros. Last night, no goals. His 21st shutout in his time with the Predators. How many goals? No goals. No goals. (laughs) So good. So good. And I think Willie and I were milking that both for all that it could possibly be worth on TV and radio. Speaking of radio, we all know Hal Gill. He's he's a funny guy. You think so? Sometimes. I think he's good looking. I don't know if he's funny. Could he be both? Funny looking? No. <laughs> oh, Just kidding. Skeleton. Bam! We, we all very much love each other. We are a family. Um, But... But Hal Gill has said some things, and he sent some things in, and we get a we get a kick out of him. He did a pregame interview before a preseason game with his buddy, new Preds defenseman Luke Shen, who unfortunately was hurt in practice on Wednesday and didn't get to play Thursday. But the highlight of his season maybe may, may <laughs> the beginning of this radio interview with Hal Gill. All right, now it's time for. <laughs> In the box with Al Gill. <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, Al Gill here in Carolina with defenseman Luke Shen. Luke, first of all. Well, and then he just brings it in and is nice and professional and nailing the interview. That's what he does best. Well, I, I, all right, now it's time for <laughs> in the box with Al Gill. It, I, can't, I can't quite put my finger. It's like a Daffy Duck. Yeah. Well, it's a Seamace voice. I think it's a Chris Mason voice <laughs> that he's used before in videos. But Chris doesn't sound like that. <laughs> when he wants to sound like it, he does. But yeah, it's a classic. And and how <laughs> after we played it, we did not play that part of it. And I was like, how we'll play it on the podcast. Don't worry. He goes, you edited it out. <laughs> I was like, how be on the podcast where all the funny stuff goes. This is where all the funny stuff goes. So also, yeah. if you have something funny, if you see something in the arena, if you have a question, don't forget to tweet us. Hashtag POP. Is that our hashtag? Preds podcast. Preds podcast. Hashtag Preds podcast. And speaking of things in the arena, if any of you got a bottomless popcorn Zamboni tub, I have not seen any tweeted to me yet. So please tweet them to us if you do at the arena. And also a major update on Terry Chris's favorite walk and sip travel jersey necklace margaritas. They are available at my favorite place in the arena. Jack Daniels Barrel House mm-hmm. on the lower level behind Section 112 with our favorite, favorite bartenders, Anna, who had back surgery this summer and is back like she never left. Anna's the greatest. Ask her about some of her previous jobs. They've been crazy. Susan, who runs the show, keeps everybody on an even keel. McKaylin. And last but not least, the greatest hockey bartender name of all time. Derek Selkie. Ooh. Selkie trophy winner himself. Derek Selkie. So go see Dana, D- Dana, <laughs> Anna, Derek, <laughs> Susan, 
and McAllen behind 112 at Jack Daniels Barrel House when we do our radio broadcast from. They have the walk and sip travel jersey margaritas. I love it. If you grab one and you're down in the Lexus Lounge, please stop by, say hello. I've moved out there now for our first intermission interview. So if you have a chance to make it down to the lounge, this is your chance to get up close and personal with seeing these guys come out. It's something we used to do back in the day. It went away with COVID, but now we're back. Yeah, it's great. Come down, give them some high fives. And if you can't afford the Lexus Lounge, like me, come hang with the plebs in Jack Daniels Barrel House. Which, by the way, if you are not seated in the Lexus Lounge, Jack Daniels Barrel House is the only place you can buy alcohol after the start of the third period. Fun fact. Great fun fact. Very fun fact. So come on down and see them. Tell them what we sent you. And bring us a bottomless Zamboni popcorn tub as well. Well, that's all the time we got this week. We'll be back next Friday with another POP episode. Predators will be in Boston and at Madison Square Garden between now and then. And also a home game Tuesday night against, hopefully, Matthias Ekholm and the Edmonton Oilers. Kara, fun episode. Great day today. Thanks for listening to the Predators official podcast. For Kara Hammer of Preds TV, I'm Max Herz of Preds Radio. This is the POP here on 102.5 and 106.3 The Game. Now All right, now it's time for uh, In the Box with Al Gill. Uh, sorry. Good talk. See you on the ice.